Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities. Welcome again to another episode of the Smart City Podcast. Today I'm thrilled to be joined by Greg Bucco of universalautomation.org. Welcome, Greg. Hey. How are you today? Yeah, doing good, thanks. All right, you're enjoying the 27th annual ARC conference? I am enjoying. It's the, the southern time we are here uh, on this conference, so we are quite happy to be here, come all the way from, from Europe to join this, uh, uh, this conference, so more than happy to be here. That's, su- that's superb. Um, Greg, can you tell us a little bit perhaps about yourself and how you came to join universalautomation.org and and the essence of your organization? Yeah, so as you rightly said, my name is Greg Bucco. Uh, I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Universal Automation at Warwick. I have been already 10 years in the automation market, uh, mostly in the marketing uh, position and working for uh, some of the leaders Mm -hmm. uh, in the industry like China Electric. And uh, I've joined this organization uh, no longer than one and a half year ago when the association was created. And uh, so, universalautomation.org, maybe yeah. what it is, some few words about it. It's a non-profit association which has been created in November 2021. It's based out of uh, Belgium, uh, Brussels to be more, more, more correct. And uh, the goal of this association uh, and the vision is to decouple the hardware from the software in the automation realm. So today, when you program your automation uh, architecture, you tend to program by using one brand, so let's say Schneider, Siemens, Rockwell, whatever brand you, you want to, uh, to take. And that application that you have programmed is, is today locked with that brand. So if you program with one brand, for example, uh, with uh, Rockwell, for example, you're not able to take that application and just have it run on another uh, platform from another supplier. When you have a look at the IT space, you see that on your laptop, when you want to install a software, for example, a Windows laptop, you don't look at the brand of the laptop, you just install your software. And that is not what is happening in the automation uh, market, and that is what we want to change with universal automation. So one and a half year ago, nine founding members uh, from both the vendor group, so vendor of technologies, from the user group, so uh, end users, system integrator, OEM, process OEM, universities and startup group together to create this universal automation authority. So universal automation org is quasi the realization of the concept of universal mm-hmm. automation, which is one step further than just open automation and which is based on the IC64099 standard. So the okay. IC64099 standard, it's just, let's say, the next 
development and the next achievement after the 61141 uh, was made by uh, most of the same people which uh, uh, which um, let's say specify the 61141 uh, which is mostly used today on the automation market and what it does and adds is the decoupling of the the, the hardware and, and software uh, directly within the, the, the standard so this is the base of our technology Okay, so, so we understand, and particularly for our audience who may not be well-versed in, yeah. in, in this domain, I think we, we all understand that example about a Windows, yes. a Windows machine. And we load an application and it runs, and we don't care where, where or even its form factor. It could be a yeah. desktop, it could be a laptop, yeah. uh, it could be a, you know, something else. Um, but the, in that scenario, we do have one private vendor that has an operating system. Yep. Microsoft owns Windows. Yep. Is do you envision um, universalautomation.org the results to uh, go down that path where there is one operating system that's shared mm -hmm. across those platforms, or is it even a, or is it more uh, more true to the vision? To the yeah. So the in fact it comes to the explanation how does universal automation. Uh, decouple really the hardware from the software, and maybe and let me. Uh, I'll yeah. just I'll just quickly interrupt that. Um, not sure everyone knows the those two IEC standards, so maybe yeah. maybe you want to start with describing those a little bit. If yeah. you could. Yeah, that yeah. might be I a could. good foundational start. I could, I could. So the 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 IEC six eleven thirty one is the mostly used standard today in the automation space. Mm -hmm. So it's a scan based uh, uh, system. You do your mm -hmm. automation based on, on scanning. You mostly use, uh, let's say, a centralized approach. You have one uh, PLC, so one controller for your automation. You program it, and uh, you have your or uh, let's say, program running on a sky-based uh, basis. So easy. Every few milliseconds, you launch an order and you do something. Right. So that's six eleven thirty one. Six forty ninety nine. Now it's uh, not scan-based, but event-based. So. The same as what you see in the IT, when you have an event happening, you do something. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, uh, if, for example, you are in a plane, <laughs> you are waiting to uh, take off. Uh, example for 6741 is like you ask every 10 seconds to your, to your control tower, can I, can, I, can I go on, can I take off, can I go on, can I go on, can I go on? 61499 is like, okay, I just wait for the tower to give me the, the red signal, and when they give it, I just go. So that's mm -hmm. different between event-based and scan-based system. So I think just to give a few ideas of, uh, of that, the That was a great explanation, so, so, so thank you for that. Uh, next, now that we established that foundation, yeah. um, continue on please with the vision of universalautomation.org. Yeah, and, and the come decoupling. Back to, yeah, yeah. And the, the coupling. So the way it does that is that the Universal Automation uh, uses uh, what we call a reference implementation. So it's a software uh, piece that you can put into a controller. And this software piece is shared amongst members, so vendor members. So whatever product that you buy from a member of the association will have in the future this piece of software onto it. And this piece of software is helping you as a user to decouple your application from the um, the software it runs on. 
So we are not really an operating system because you can compare it to the operating system mm-hmm. like Android, like right. Windows, like Linux. But this piece of software sits on the operating system which already exists. So it could be today in controller uh, space, we use mainly Linux, we use Vexworks, we can use sometimes Windows for, for some IPC based, and this piece of software sits on that. And does uh, mainly the translation between your program, what you have programmed, and let's say the, the, the hardware architecture and, uh, and the, con- the controller itself. So that's the runtime. Okay, so it, so it gives you a standardized API at the higher level. Yeah. And at the low level, it mates to the, the peculiarities, particularities yeah. of each processor and, yeah. and, and firmware in, yeah. that, in that controller. Yeah, we could say that simplified in this way, we could say that, yeah. Uh, knowing that you have different, you can have different engineering tools interacting with that runtime. So that's, that's not, a, uh, not an issue today. And another thing, and, and it's as well, Another way of working the automation industry is that this idea of reference implementation comes from the IT industry. So, for mm-hmm. example, Linux. Uh, today, when you want to use Linux on your PC, you not just go to the Linux, let's say, uh, download the specs and develop your own Linux, but you take uh, Ubuntu, Debian, right. or whatever version of Linux. Those versions are so-called as well, reference implementation. So exactly. it's the same that we are doing uh, in the automation space. So you have the standard, the 6.499, and then you have the UAO runtime, which is like the Ubuntu for the Linux in an easy way. Do you see, do you see people having a need to modify that runtime implementation or will they, will they take it out, out of the box and use it as is? So the idea and what we are doing within uh, Universal Automation is that this runtime is using a shared source approach. So there is one common code which is shared amongst members and there is no need to modify it. And even the association is there to guarantee the portability of the application. And in order to guarantee this portability, we need to ensure that the code is the same amongst all, all uh, uh, members. But today, to get access to this runtime, that's for any vendor, that's quite easy. They apply to, uh, to the organization, they become a member, and they get access to the runtime so that they can use it as is into their own uh, platform. The next thing is, and comes to your question about Windows, this runtime will be further developed and maintained by the organization and by its mm-hmm. members. So when you become a member, you have a say on where the runtime is going and where the next uh, implementation will be. And that's a major thing as well. It's really, uh, you have to see it as a very collaborative approach. That's a platforming approach amongst uh, uh, members yeah, and uh, especially vendors of automation. I say it's community driven yes. rather than any private supplier, supplier yeah. driven. And again, we are <clears throat> a non-profit association. So our goal is not to make money out of it. Right. So. Then, then let me put on my hat as the, oh, um, let me ask, let me ask the question this way. Um, so I have now an application that I would like to run in my controller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to take advantage of these advances that universal automation has, has done. Yeah. So I, I load my <clears throat> universal automation, uh, middleware, let's call it. Yeah. Or how, how, how you, you, you will have to, so, 
you cannot really load it as a user of automation. Right. You have to do uh, multiple things. You have to first program your uh, automation. So you have an automation, let's say, uh, situation. You need to, to program my automation logic, solution. my control logic. Yeah. Right. Okay. You need to have an IDE, engineering tool to do it. So for that, you go to, to the vendors and you see which vendor has an engineering tool to do it. For example, uh, the, the one which is mostly used today is the one from Schneidetic, which is called Ecostructure Automation Expert. So right. you go, for example, to Schneider, you buy this Ecostructure Automation Expert, and you can build your own logic. This logic, in the way you build it as well, is a bit different from the way we do automation today. So this logic is quite object-oriented, so you can really mm. draw your assets and define them, and, and behind you have an idea of... Um, of uh, a state machine, which in terms of states gives you which algorithm you have mm. to use. Then you plug them all together and you really map your 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 full machine, your full process, whatever you need to uh, automatize, basically. And then the next step is you assign which device you need to run your automation logic onto. Could be one device, could be multiple devices. Those devices are, let's say, defined by the fact that they have the runtime onto it. So you have a list of devices which are available to you. You go to the member of, uh, of the association. Okay, now we have launched uh, last year five offers with the, with the members okay. which are available. So six with the one of, 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 of the electric. And you can take any of these devices to answer to your automation, uh, let's say, situation. And then you just map. You take part of your program, you say, okay, this part we run on this device, the next part we run on the next device. So it makes it really easy to scale it. So if at some point you need to uh, to change, let's say, add a module, it's very easy. You add the module to your, um, to your uh, engineering tool, and then you map it to the device, to the one device or the multiple device which are available to you. But you don't have to think about, okay, what are the connections between the devices uh, and all of that. You really start from the engineering, from the program, and after you come to the hardware. I, I see this. I see the, the strength of that. Um, the essence of my question, what, what was in my head was thinking about uh, the support of legacy Mm -hmm. code that mm -hmm. may exist in, in the plethora of mm -hmm. PLCs and controllers that, that are in the mm -hmm. field. Um, is there support for legacy so, applications or do I need to code a state language <coughs> logic set from so scratch for, myself? For, for legacy, there are multiple things to do. It's either you want to rip and replace and right. then you have to really to uh, write, take the code, but rewrite it. Anyway, right. And it's an effort that you have to do, but take into account, if you have a change in generation of the controller, for example, you will have this effort to have, because even if you stick with the same supplier, you will have to redo the code Correct. anyway. So Correct. that's the same, that's the same effort. But there's, there are some uh, situation where you just need, you have a running machine, running plant, running process, which, which comes to you, and you want to upgrade it. So keep the most of uh, what's already existing, mm -hmm. but add some functionalities to it. And there's this possibility with the runtime. So you buy a product, and this product sits on top of your existing 
uh, automation plans, okay. process, whatever, does the orchestration to it, mm-hmm. and can add as well some IT uh, connectivity. Okay. So, if, for example, if you need to connect your digital twin, if you need to connect to your SAP system, MES system, or whatever IT system, you could do it with having still your uh, legacy, let's say, uh, still running under it. So really the strength of that is, and this is why, in fact, we've done it at, at the beginning. It's we've seen that users they are they are uh, they need to let's say become more flexible because regulations are are changing because uh, there is a scarification of supply, especially autom- automation material, or uh, because simply the the, the customers. They don't want to have the same product as everybody, but they need more customization. So you need to have this flexibility. And to have this flexibility, in fact, you need the use of what we call Industry 4.0 or digital industry or future capabilities which come from the IT. So uh, think about virtual reality, augmented reality, uh, artificial intelligence, for example. All this, you need to link it to your already existing uh, process. And you could do it by adding this layer which does the orchestration of the already existing town uh, uh, process or whatever, and the link as well to the IT uh, to the IT sphere. So it's really, yeah, it's really a double use, not only for greenfield application but as well for brownfields. You know, Greg, this is this has really been a fascinating conversation, and, and I thank you for really demystifying a a relatively uh, arcane and cryptic topic. <laughs> so so thank you for that. Uh, is there what, what haven't we touched on that you would like to talk about today? So, just to make it clear, this association, Universal Automation.org, is a non-profit association. It lives from its member and it needs to deploy. If you want, as a user, really have this vision come in reality, because we have a few projects which are already starting with that. We can, I can, uh, uh, for example, there is the ExxonMobil uh, uh, testbed, which mm-hmm. we go to field trial in a few a few mounts or or uh, shell or or Cargill as well or making some project using the, the, the technology but we want more and we want to be able to really have an ecosystem of products which are hardware independent why because after, when we have this ecosystem which runs we have more and more developers of software libraries and those software libraries will help the user of automation go faster and gain more efficiency in the way they do uh, automation. So for example, you want to connect my example back. Uh, I want to have add an AI uh, to my to my logistic plan, for example, to, mm-hmm. to, to check that uh, the boxes are well closed when when I when they go out of the of the facility. Well, I am not an expert in AI. I'm not an expert with, with all the AI they are on the market. But I could go to a marketplace and find the right software component which connects to an AI and which does that. But for that ecosystem to be uh, to be real, we need to develop and we need for that to have more members. So that's my call a bit to action. Come and join Universal Automation. You're a user of automation, uh, end user, process OEM, uh, uh, machine OEM, or if you are a vendor of automation and you want to expand in that direction, just come and join us. So, Greg, please share your contact information with our vast audience. So, first, if you want to, to come and contact us, 
easiest way on the website, so www.universalautomation.org or in one piece. Or you can contact me, greg.buco, B-O-U-C-A-U-D, at universalautomation.org. Again, our guest today has been Greg Buco of universalautomation.org. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And we'll see you on another episode of the Smart City Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. See you. Broadcasting from Boston, Massachusetts, the Smart Cities Podcast is the only podcast dedicated to all things smart cities. The podcast is the creation of ARC Advisory Group's Smart City Practice. ARC advises leading companies, municipalities, and governments on technology trends and market dynamics that affect their business and quality of life in their cities. To engage further, please like and share our podcast or reach out directly on Twitter at Smart City Viewpoints or on our website at www.arcweb.com backslash industries backslash smart dash cities.